Hello and welcome to this week's Therapy For Me. It's been one of those weeks where a lot of things have, have happened. Um, and I know it's been the same as that really for quite a while, probably for years, but somehow lots of things really did um, hit home this week. Um, so it's probably going to be a little bit heavy in terms of the kind of topics that I found myself thinking about, but um, it's just it's just been that week. Um, so we'll kick off. Monday. I still have my reservations about lifting the lockdown. Um, I know it probably is the right time to start making some sort of headway uh, and now we've been doing we've been doing a little while I mean in reality we've been doing it since the VE weekend but I've still got issues about the pace now um, as we send children back to school and as we start to look at opening other things up and really the problem I have with all of this is this term non-essential um, because I don't really know what non-essential and essential is um, all the way through the period essential has has meant a bit of exercise and you know going to the supermarket um and in the non-essential category has been things like having your hair cut or um going to the dentist or routine doctor appointments or the schooling of our children or whatever it would be and yet now non-essential seems to mean schooling okay well that's that's kind of fine. I get why we need to start sending the children back to school because we can't unlock the economy um, until we do that. So that, to a certain extent, I understand why. And, and whilst I'm still a little bit uncomfortable about how it's being done, and I'm I'm very uncomfortable maintaining the kind of protocols we need to maintain to send the kids back to school, I, I get that. What I don't get is why horse racing is suddenly something that's back on the agenda. Um, that that doesn't seem to make any real sense to me. I don't, apart from the interest of a few people uh, who probably are losing a lot of money at the moment and, and for which we have to feel for everybody whose commercial activity has been, uh, has been scuppered through this, this time. Why make an exception for something, for something like that? So it's, it's, it's this definition of non-essential. I'm, I'm, I'm really troubling you know, troubling, found myself troubling with, you know, it, non-essential shops open on the June the 15th, but that doesn't include getting your hair cut. Um, okay, so I get there's, there's added pressures to that, but maybe include dentistry. Well, if we can solve dentistry, we can solve hair. So, you know, where is where is the consistency here? And, uh, and, and the horse racing thing just, uh, just doesn't make any sense to me at all. So, uh, and I think part of the problem is the, the centre of this, um, and I've been doing some work um, about music shops, about music shops reopening. I'm still um, on the board of the MIA, which is the trade body for the music uh, instrument industry for the UK. And the, the, the problem is that the, the guidance is, that's coming out is, is, is very fluid. Well, you'd expect that. Very contradictory and is being uh, applied very differently in different areas. And so I say again, can somebody please define for me um, what non-essential actually means? 
Tuesday. It's been very difficult today to think about a lot um, other than what's been going on in the US. Um, I I observed a, um, a thing called The Show Must Be Paused today, um, which is something that's come out of the music industry. Um, and by the music industry, I mean the music art, artists and production, which was really just all about taking a moment to to take some time out from social media and taking some time out from from producing content and being involved in the distribution of content be it your own posts be it you know commercial posts whatever it might be and then obviously commenting on other people's and and what have you to actually take some time to to understand some of the issues that are floating around uh, with regard to the racial tension um, in the US and all around the world, it's we, we obviously we see um, we see what's on our screens and we see that as a as a flashpoint. And there's very deep, you know, and, and cultural and historical reasons um, for for that. But those issues uh, are here as well, and they're as systemic and as uh, you know endemic here. So um, it, it isn't something that is 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 happening over there, um, though. That's where that's that's where we're watching it play out at the moment um and this this campaign was put together by a couple of um people working in the uh, as re- as record company executives uh and they just essentially said it's 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 time to stop it's time to stop and to reconnect with the communities across all of this um particular um situation and this particular issue just to understand a little bit more um, because we forget, you know, in this scenario, we forget for argument's sake how many black lives have touched and brought about real change and revolution and progress in the music industry. Um, and the music industry is, is an industry where, um, you know, black lives have, have had a, a huge impact Um I'm not going to say a disproportionate impact, but I'm going to say a proportionate impact. Um, and the industry and the music that we listen to and the way it's produced and the way it's uh, consumed and the way it's um, taken out and, and put on stages has has been influenced so much um, by black lives in that particular um, space. And I think that was just what what people were and what certainly what the um it's not a campaign but certainly what the initiative was 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 trying to say which is yeah let's let's switch off from all the things that we're fed that are probably come with a, an agenda and I accept the fact that everything that you you listen to and you read and you see comes with an agenda and including the things that I'm saying this morning but but maybe you go to primary sources. Maybe you just go and speak to people who have been directly affected, or you speak to people in communities that you don't normally speak to, and you try and find a way of understanding and getting um, a, a, a broader, uh, a sort of un, un, yeah, broader understanding of, of of the scenario. So, I I put that on my um, social media on Tuesday. Uh, and I uh, well, and the thing was was it was a it was Blackout Tuesday, was was the other part of the um, you know uh, the the sort of hashtag um, side of it, uh, along with the Black Lives Matter hashtag, and I certainly did spend some time thinking about those things, uh, and it prompted me 
to do a bit of research, but not social media based research, actually to try and see if I could find some, you know, some more information out and understand, understand the situation a, a, a little bit more. Um, what was interesting, and I think he's probably what I would have expected was there was a, a backlash to this, the, the backlash. And there's always a backlash from people who either don't want to look or for whom this is a, an opposing view. And we had a backlash and we've had the rioters and looters backlash. And I, and I get that. And, and a lot of that imagery, you know, is very powerful, which is, which I think is the whole point about, well, let's not look at the imagery for a bit and let's just understand you know, let's understand some of the, you know, let's understand some of the primary evidence a little bit more. The, you know, the, the fact is that more black people die in police custody than, um, than any other group in the US. And it, is, and it is absolutely disproportionate. And that shouldn't be the case. And we know that in the UK, that we know that ethnic minorities are stopped randomly by the police far more than their, you know, their, their white counterparts. Um, and that somehow is, is wrong. There's no other way of, of, of saying it, that, that that must be wrong. The law of average was, must suggest that is wrong. So it is time to, to, to you know, to look at this again and, and really have an open conversation of, of, about everything and, 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 and what, what is sat behind all of, all of these terrible scenes that we see. So, um, th- that's been today and it's been very difficult not to, you know, not to think and, and uh, about that particular topic. Wednesday. I studied politics at university. I went to Leeds University um, and did political science. Um, and really I did that because I wanted to do a modern history degree. And in a large part, the options for modern history, the time when I did it, and we are going back a fair number of years, um, those courses, you know, weren't necessarily the, the, in terms of, because I really wanted to do sort of 20th century history, um, and the, and there weren't that many of them. And a politics um, deco- uh, course, because I've always been more interested in political history than social history, um, w- seemed, seemed like the, the kind of... Um, the natural kind of resting place. So I went to Leeds um, and, uh, and and read politics. And what's happened is that I've ended up reading more politics and reading more about politics and being far more interested in politics um, far later in life. Uh, I didn't really uh, attack the subject with an enormous amount of gusto while I was I was there, um, though I did really enjoy being at university. Um, but I've, I've attacked it with far more gusto and got far more wound up about it since so i've i've become far more of a um a, a, you know one of those student politicos that bangs on about stuff in my late 40s than i ever was in my late teens and early 20s um which is why i've really struggled this week with everything that's been coming out of parliament um because what we've had this week is, and we have to be careful that we don't mix up the concepts and the ideals of democracy with the, with with what is politics uh, in the way that we understand it. Um, and I've been appalled this week at what's happened to Parliament, what's been done to democracy in the name of politics. 
Um, and by that, I mean that we've we had a perfectly functioning virtual parliament, uh, which allowed every MP to get involved and around every MP to get involved in debates and allowed every MP um, to vote. And what's happened is, for the reasons of party political politics, we've we've abandoned that this week. We've required all MPs to come back to, to Parliament, whether it's safe to do so or not. And we've put measures in place that are far less efficient than the measures that have been put in place before to allow people to march through the chamber and to place their votes in a way that's far more like the way that it's always been done. Now, we can argue about whether the way we... Um, we transact our democracy is is dated or not and is too based on um, sentiment and tradition and that probably is an argument for a different day but we've for whatever reason we've wanted to get back to having people in the chamber the idea I guess being that if you have the people there it affects how the debate runs and the debates haven't been running in quite the same way when they've been running virtually and anybody who's been involved in a zoom call and tried to have a business meeting on a zoom call will understand that these things don't work the same way as they do when you're all in a, in a, in a, you know, in a, in a, in a space. Um, the problem there is what we've done is we've disenfranchised um, a large number of communities by doing this. So um, straight away, take the MPs. There are MPs that can't go to London because they are either in environments where they are shielding because of their age or because of medical conditions things that don't make them ineligible to be an mp but do mean that under government guidelines they're supposed to be staying at home because of the risk um so we've disenfranchised those people we've disenfranchised people who can't leave and off perfectly fit and well to attend parliament but can't attend parliament because they have people in the household that they are shielding or protecting and therefore would be putting friends, uh, well, we're putting family at risk by taking up their post. So in any other walk of life, that would be, um, that would be something where you would be dealing with somebody differently because of effectively a disability. So you would be, um, you, you, you would be uh, under, you know, under equal opportunities, you would be at fault there. You wouldn't be allowed to do what is happening in Parliament at the moment. The wider issue, though, is we're disenfranchising communities because there are whole communities now whose MPs cannot vote in, um, cannot take part in debates and cannot vote in debates. Also, I think they can take part, but they can't vote. Um, so that community doesn't have a voice. You can't contact your MP about a particular issue because if you contact your MP, that's great, but that MP can't sway anything. They can't move anything. They can't make action for change. All because, essentially, a political party with a majority wants to get back to normal because they see political advantages in a situation that's like the one that's currently in place. Including the fact that they have a Prime Minister that is not able to deal with any form of scrutiny and is struggling at the weekly events when he is scrutinised and needs an audience behind him. He needs a crowd to play to because that's the only way Mr Johnson can actually operate. So we've got to look carefully at this because this is, this is wrong. This is an attack on our democracy, people. And we need to we need to shout it out for what it is. 
So I'm afraid I feel democracy is a little bit in tatters this week. And, uh, and, uh, and you should be as annoyed as I am. We all should be annoyed about this. Thursday. Screaming at a screen, which is an interesting way to start a sentence. Actually, I didn't think about the alliteration, but screaming at a screen is not helpful. Um, but unfortunately, with social media, that's what you find yourself doing. You you look at, uh, you go through your timeline. And, and I try not to fill my timeline on things like Twitter with voices I just agree with. Uh, though even if you fill your timeline with voices that you just agree with, it kind of doesn't matter because you still find that voices you agree with show you things that they know you won't agree with, so therefore you get incensed. And I do get incensed when I go on Twitter. Um, it's it's kind of hard not to. Uh, so screaming at your screen doesn't really, really help, even though it's something that we all do. Um, I was always taught uh, at school that... Um, it, the answer's important, but whether it's right or wrong, uh, but the answer's important. But what's more important is to show your workings. Um, and if you can show your workings, it almost doesn't matter if you've got the answer right or wrong, um, because if the workings are valid, um, then there's some validity to the answer. Um, and that in reality, if the answer is wrong, there's probably just a small error somewhere, but the basic principles of how you got there um, will hold water. So um, that thought struck me this week when I was reading something on, on social media and getting uh, and getting wound up. Um, and, um, and having thought about the things I've talked about already this week, you can probably sense I've got quite wound up this week. So maybe maybe from now on, and I'm going to try and think about doing this myself, maybe that, that little hashtag or that little thing that goes off in your head when you write something, when you write something at pace and at fury with jabbing fingers, is show your workings. And if you can't show your workings, if you can't explain the thing that you're writing down, then maybe you shouldn't write it down. Um... And because that's always, I mean, it's been the number one argument of people like me who think that Brexit's a terrible idea, which is challenging anybody who thinks that Brexit's a great idea to explain why. Just just simply show me your workings as to why you think it is. Don't quote me the sound bites. I'm not interested in the sound bites. I don't want to hear about taking back control because it's vacuous nonsense. It's effective vacuous nonsense, but it's vacuous nonsense because you don't know what control is and you don't know how to take it back. You don't even know what's been taken away from you. But can, but if you can, then please tell me because that's the bit I'm interested in. I'm interested in your workings out. So if you can show me your workings out, Let's have a conversation because I'm desperate to understand the other, the other side of arguments. But really, if you can't hashtag show your workings, then maybe just don't bother. Maybe actually just don't bother. And I'll make the same promise. If I can't do that, I won't bother either because I'm not helping the debate if I just jabber away with my fingers. So I'll stop jabbering away with my fingers unless I can hashtag show my workings. So I guess my question to everybody else is, can you do the same? Friday. Listening back, uh, I've, <laughs> I've properly ranted this week about a lot of, of things. Um, 
is that me or is that just the things I don't know? Um, I don't know if, if the events caused the rant or the rant was there anyway and needed the events to to, to stimulate it and prod it into action. Um, it's difficult, difficult to really think about that one and work out why. Um, and yet large portions of the week have been quite pleasant and quite nice. And, you know, as I think I've said on previous podcasts, I've got quite a lot done and um you know the weather's not been as great this week but I've 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 managed to achieve and and, and to do things I've had a very creative week um you know a few, couple more podcasts I've, I the podcasts that I work on other episodes of those have gone out extra bits of content have been produced we've made progress um you know, with with those particular projects um I've uh, I moderated um well chaired a, a webinar today that was um helping retail stores in in the music industry um, plough their way through the sort of legislation and guidelines, what's more guidelines and legislation, about preparing to reopen their stores from the 15th of of June, Um, working with, you know, with experts from HR and from um, health and safety and, you know, had a panel. uh, But it was a bit like a question time thing. And it and it, it was very good, and we did an hour and a half, and had a, a large number of shops tune in, and and that was great. Felt really positive and really uh, nice to be able to you know to take a lot of information and hopefully share information with people to try and get their commercial lives um, you know back into some sort of shape. Because I work with a lot through the the trade body. I work with a lot of some big companies, but a lot of, of owner-operated businesses. And then this this has been a remarkably stressful time for those businesses. And and, and what's interesting about that is those businesses are very, very um, concerned about reopening and they're very concerned about the safety of their their um, their staff, their teams and their and their, their customers. Um, and so it's, you know, when those decisions about risk are personal and it affects people that have shopped with you for large number of years and people that work for you for a large number of years, then they become big decisions. So being able to bring some clarity and some advice to those people was, you know, was great. Um, and I think the other thing really this week that um, I'm looking back on, um, I took my youngest son out for a walk with one of his friends and uh, met up with one of his, his school friends, another another um, child that isn't at school, so um, he's not part of a key worker family so he's he's been off for the same amount of time as my son has been off and um and his dad uh, helps out with junior football so it was great to see his dad and it was and it was great for the two boys to to go and we we went outside we had a walk we did everything that we could do to maintain you know uh, the, the sort of guidelines and the social distancing guidelines that we had to do and there was a place a farm shop we stopped and we you know we had a, a, a coffee outside and, uh, and and then had a walk back and it was really and it was really great but to watch those two boys interact uh, on such a basic human level that had nothing to do with anything other than just the joy of being able to interact with another human being and and watching them run you know run around this the, the, the sort of the footpaths and the forest that we went through and see the things that they saw and the things they talked about and the innocence of that conversation because these two boys are, are seven um was, was just great and and you know and maybe maybe that is the difference between essential and non-essential to bring me right back to where I started the week. Maybe there are things like that where you have to accept a small, very, very small element of 
of risk and where you have to, you know, moderate your behavior somewhat. But you have to also let those things play out because that interaction for those boys is absolutely essential um, and is and is the bit for them that really makes their lives uh, have a meaning and, and a purpose. So perhaps in the end of part of the week, I've answered the question from the beginning of the week about what essential and non-essential looks like. Uh, and I don't know if essential looks like queuing for an hour to go around IKEA. I don't really know, you know, if tea lights or flat pack furniture are at that essential. And I apologise to anybody who thinks they are. But maybe actually taking an opportunity to lift and taking an opportunity to get back to some kind of normal that involves, you know, my son being able to spend time with one of his really good friends because what the, the joy and what they got out of that conversation, that interaction has probably helped make the rest of the day or the week feel far more manageable um have a great week stay stay safe have a great weekend uh and i look forward to talking to you again next week if you've enjoyed therapy for me then please subscribe and share as you see fit this has been an a short stories production